Welcome to The Dip, the podcast where we discuss our all-time favorite theme park experiences and ask, which attractions would we want to keep us company if we were stranded on a deserted island? Each episode, we invite a new guest onto the show to share the story of their favorite attractions and how it has shaped their relationship with theme parks. We'll delve into theme parks' emotional and personal significance for our guests. Join us as we journey through the deeply personal connections our guests have formed with the hobby and the impact it's had on their lives. I'm delighted to welcome today's guest to the DIP podcast. One half of the world-famous vlogging duo Parks and Pints and a massive fan of mascots, Abby. <laughs> That's such a good intro, thank you. There's a bit of a pattern forming here with my guests, but I'll repeat myself. We, we've known each other a few years, we've visited many parks together, but I am expecting a very different looking island from our former guests. Yep. For any new listeners, a little explanation. We have four sections that we'll use to get to know you. The first section, Hyper. This is where we start building the island and find out a little bit more about your preferences. We move on to Giga. This is where we travel back a little to dive into your history. Then Strata. Here we'll do the deepest dive into your relationships with theme parks. And of course, we have to end with a nighttime spectacular finale. So let's start with Hyper and let's start building your island. Section one, Hyper. We'll start things off easy. Okay. What roller coaster would you like on your island? So I've been thinking about this and I would like Big Thunder Mountain from Disneyland Paris because it's not too intense. I think it's got a lot of rewritability. It's very fun, but also it's always got a massive queue. But if it's on my island, ain't going to be nobody else there. It's just going to be me all day. That's good because the, the worst part of it is that really weird claustrophobic queue yeah um especially i I read it during covid and it was even worse then because they put barriers up the whole way around oh that's horrible but and is it particularly the disneyland paris big thunder yeah out of the two i've done i just think it's being on that island i mean it's very apt it's on an island but it's just it's got quite a lot of power to it it's got airtime it's so fun even if you're sat at the front and you're already halfway down the hill yeah, row starts. 15 is the row to go. Like if, it, if it was on my island, I would probably only ride it in row 15. Sounds good to me. And does the, does the theme add to it? If it was an unthemed ride the same, would it still feel the same? Oh, maybe not. I do want all the theming. I do want like the donkeys and the, the, the special effects, ideally. <laughs> Am I allowed the special effects on my yeah, island? Yeah, you can have the full, you can have the full fundamezza if you want. Yeah, please. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, we'll do that then. Cool. So now we need to learn a little bit more about Abby. Would you like to select a card? Go on, man. Cool. So what's a place you need to travel to before you die? Oh, Tokyo is the first one that springs to mind. Tokyo is top of the bucket list. And is that Tokyo for the theme parks or Tokyo in general? For the theme parks, largely. Um, I'd love to go to Sanrio Pioro Land, which is basically Hello Kitty, the theme park. Um, it doesn't really have any big rides. It's, it's indoors. It's aimed at families, but it just looks incredibly well themed. And obviously, Tokyo Disney Sea is the bucket list park. It is, and like... I've been myself and we did the fully 
uh, theme park, no culture tour of literally just going to Disneyland and that was it. Um, so I'd like to go back as well and see real Tokyo. <laughs> um, have you got any plans to do that trip? At some point, at some point. it's We'd love to do the dream trip. I know you've done it where you dip into Shanghai, dip into Hong Kong and to do Tokyo. We do want to get all six Disney parks ticked off. Um, I think it'll be a few years away yet though. We'll probably get to California before we get to the Asian parks. But it's, it's on the list. It will happen. Cool. That's a good choice. Um, we, we can both agree. Definitely worth doing. So back to the island. You can't just ride your Big Thunder Mountain every day, all day. No. You need a film to watch while stranded. Is there any film that's had a big impact on your life and, and what's its significance? If I'm going to watch it a lot, the film that I've watched the most ever is Mary Poppins. I try not to have a whole Disney-themed island here, but it's just the perfect film. So <laughs> probably have to go with Mary Poppins. Okay, and is that um, the, the music side of it? or It's a bit of everything. I love Julie Andrews. She's probably my favourite actress. Um, I think she gives a perfect performance. I think it was so worth them waiting for her because Walt Disney wanted her, um, but she was pregnant. So they just held off production for months and months and months. Um, but yeah, and just everyone on that set, everyone on that team, is just at the top of their game. Like the choreographers was like the best of the day. Um, the special effects still, I think, stand the test of time. They're incredible. Um, I love the costumes. I love the set design. I just love everything about it. And I think it's the Sherman brothers at their best as well. And was it a film you watched um, as a child or is it something you've seen as an adult? Yeah, as a child. I've had it. It's the one I remember watching the most or having the most impact on me and then wanting to watch it again and again. And now it's just like a easy go-to background film and it's really long as well it's like two hours so perfect to keep me entertained and did you watch like i'm the same i obviously watched it as a kid big impact uh on everything since then did you watch bed knobs and broomsticks as well i don't remember watching that as a child but i have watched uh, it as an adult because for me that i i think i'm in the minority but i do prefer bed knobs and broomsticks because wow. of the weirdness of it yeah, it is wild. I do love Angela Lansbury. Um, and I saw the stage show of it. I prefer the Bedknobs and Broomsticks stage show to the Mary Poppins stage show for sure. But yeah. And what did you feel about the, was it Saving Saving Mr. Banks? Is that right? Yes. He's also in my top films of all time. Okay. I don't know. It really cemented. It was like, here's more reasons why you should love your favorite film. I feel very cleverly done. Obviously, it's a shame that P.L. Travis... <laughs> Didn't really want Mary Poppins, the film, to be made. Um, but hopefully, in hindsight, if she was still around, she'd be like, yeah, that was the right call. And what about the the sequel? Also a banger. I think Emily Blunt is fantastic. Um, I was very, very nervous for them to do a follow-up because I was like, this is not going to be right. It's going to be tainted. But the way they did it um, was just perfect. As good as it can get, although I don't think we need another one. So... <laughs> I think they can hold off now. They've done it twice. <laughs> Leave perfection alone. So I think we'll, we'll let you have all three films on the island then. Yeah, thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> hey, so now we're going to move on a bit into our Giga section. Section two, Giga. So we need to go back in time a little bit. What's your first theme park memory? It's not exactly 
clear theme park, but the the earliest memory I have of being on a ride um, was at Nolsey Safari Park in sort of near Liverpool, um, like Merseyside Way. It's got what I can remember being a massive cred. I remember being very scared doing this big steel like roller coaster um when I was maybe like six or seven and then um I went back a couple of years ago with Nicole and discovered it's just a kiddie crowd and it's not big at all but I remember being so scared um and I did the pirate ship as well which was horrible and vowed to never go on one again so I really did not enjoy rides as a child thought it was a horrible time um but I thought it was huge I'm really disappointed to say it's just a little tiny kiddie crowd (laughs) and did you were you a kind of a family where you'd go once a year to a park or was it quite a rare occurrence? No, I went on school trips. My family do not like rides. There's no roller coaster or ride enthusiast in my family. Um, so yeah, I remember going on school trips. We went to the arcades. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely remember lots of trips to Blackpool Illuminations and going in the amusements, but not actually having anyone that would want to go on a ride. Um, so it was funny last year when me and Nicole took our mums to Blackpool Pleasure Beach and my mum hated everything we made her go on. But we had we've got those memories now. So boxes were ticked. Um but no, I don't didn't it wasn't a feature until it was like the go-to school trip in secondary school and our local parks were Blackpool, Pleasure Beach and Alton Towers. So we'd kind of did those each year. Um and I was the bag holder because I was too scared to ride anything. Oh, so we'll go back to the island now. And we need a dark ride for the island. What's the one dark ride you'd ride again and again? Guess what I'm going to say. Um, obviously, the best dark ride in the world, Wallace and Gromit's Thrillomatic. That's an interesting choice. It's a solid choice. It is flawless. I disagree, but I'll let you, <laughs> you've got the floor. Thanks. It's just so much fun. It's so... It's just so quintessentially British. It fits with the Blackpool theme. Just it fits in Blackpool so well. Um, everyone loves Wallace and Gromit except you. But everyone else in the world, I can assure you, absolutely adores them. <laughs> and I'll admit, it's a it's a very good dark ride. I just don't enjoy the IP. Fair. As I am. Fair. But even then, it's still worth a ride. I don't think I could ride it every day on a desert island, but. It is a good classic, I'd say a classic dark ride. It's cozy. It's got really cozy vibes, especially getting in that slipper. Like if anyone hasn't ridden it, you board a giant slipper and the seats are like velvet padded. It's like getting on a sofa. It doesn't feel like you're boarding a ride. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's luxury. It's luxury. It's got some really nice effects in there. Smell pods are amazing. Um, I'd like my desert island to smell of bread, so... I would I would have that one. <laughs> and I guess you kind of, you got to pick it considering you have it tattooed. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite funny because I can't say that I frequently watch Wallace and Gromit. Like I've, everyone's seen the wrong trousers and, um, you know, I've seen the films, but it's not something I'd ever sit down and be like, oh, we should watch Wallace and Gromit. But now that I've fallen in love with the ride and got the tattoos, now I'm, I'm planning a trip to Bristol just to do everything Wallace and Gromit themed. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is about them. It's just the ride. And it, it came out today that um, the company who make the films is running out of clay. I know, how crazy. So, so there might not be many more, <laughs> which is a good thing. Cool. So we're going to go a bit deeper now. 
could you select your next card? Yeah. Right. What are you currently addicted to? And I, I think I know an answer to this. I don't know if it'll be your answer, but I can think of one. I think we've got exactly the same thing in mind. Pokemon Go. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, I think everyone who knows me will be like, Pokemon Go. Don't know why. Because when, when it first came out, my phone was not good enough to run it. Um, I had like an old, old phone that wouldn't support Pokemon Go. So I missed the initial trend. And then for some reason, I downloaded it during COVID. And that was the end of that. It's just a daily occurrence in my life now, but I really enjoy it. So. <laughs> and if anyone wasn't about when it first launched, I don't think you can really explain how mad the world went for it. Like literally people of all ages would be outside running around parks because they'd hear there was a Charizard somewhere. Yeah. Or, um, everyone was downloading dodgy versions of the files on their phone <laughs> just so they could play before it came out in the, their country. And it literally got everyone walking about. There was, I remember one story of people finding a, a dead body because they'd been playing Pokemon Go and oh walking gosh. into places you wouldn't normally walk. Um, so it was kind of crazy. And I do think you and Isaac are the only people I know still playing it <laughs> all these years later. Well, do you know what? There are other people in this building playing it because we've worked out without communicating with them. I don't know where they are. We're definitely not the only people in this block of flats playing this game. We've got like an unwritten rule of I hold the gym overnight. They hold the gym during the day. And we like knock each other out around like 8 a.m., 8 p.m. I don't know how we've devised this, but it pretty much works flawlessly. Um, and we've, we've managed to add them as friends because we've been in the same raids. So there's definitely other people in this building playing it. And would you say you're a gamer outside of Pokemon or is it literally just Pokemon Go? Yeah, I like cozy games. So I love Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley or really boring, simple things like Sudoku. But I occasionally will get involved in like Fall Guys or Fortnite, but everything is very low key. I'm not like a serious, nothing complicated, no, nothing too that costs money or is too much effort. So... Going on the Disney theme, have you played Dreamlight Valley? I have, yeah. I can't get into it, I but know. I should. It should be the perfect game yeah. for me. It's Disney, it's cozy. Um, I've dabbled in it. I've freed Remy from Ratatouille up to now. I, it's just not as smooth for me. I find the camera a bit janky. Don't know. Maybe I'll get into it eventually, but it's, it's not up there for me with Stardew and Animal Crossing. Okay. Well, obviously, you can have your phone on the island so you can play oh. as much Pokemon as you need to. I wonder if any Pokemon will spawn on the island. Could be special ones not yeah. seen elsewhere. Oh, that would be amazing. Thanks. You'd have to design your own Pokemon. Ooh, okay. Cool. So, I know music's a big part of your life. If I'm remembering right, you and Nicole first met due to a shared love of live music. Yes, we did. So, your island definitely needs a soundtrack. What's an album that's had a massive impact on you? This is probably the most difficult question because there's a lot to bring to mind and I listen to a lot of weird, different music. But probably, I think my most played of all time is um, I'm Not Dead by Pink. I think just because of the time it came out, it would have come out when I had my first like CD player or my first MP3 player. Like before I had an iPod, I had like this little cube that cost like 20 quid and could hold about five songs and they all would have been pink songs. Um, and I think just the time it came out 
has meant that I've been able to listen to it for like the last probably getting on for 20 years now um and we got to see her live on that tour and it's those early concerts are like more memorable because they were more exciting and more special it's such a rare thing when you're little um so yeah I'm not dead by pink I would recommend it (laughs) I don't know the album that well but what era of pink was that because I know I'm old, so I remember when Pink came out and she originally was kind of R&B, hip-hop, yeah. then went a bit rock, then pop. I want to say it's the third album. So after she did Misunderstood, which was very pop, she then did, I think, or maybe it was after Try This. Yeah, I think it was like album four, maybe. So it was veering back into a bit more rock. She's done all the genres, to be fair. Um, but yeah, a bit more rock with little bits of folkiness. And was that first gig you went to, was that one of the ones where she's flying all around the place? I don't think she was at that extreme back in those days. We saw it in a smaller venue. It was, it was somewhere in Liverpool and it wasn't quite an arena or a stadium. So it wasn't, she wasn't able to do that much on that tour. She kind of just kind of was dancing and props. But I think she was, I think she was firmly on the ground for that show, which is incredibly rare. Um, but we just got really good seats. So for some reason, it was a seated show as well. But yeah, it was just, we could really see. Um, but yeah, I, I love Pink. She's the artist that I've seen the most out, like a solo artist that I've seen the most live. Um, and it's just always incredible. And it's an album you can listen to again and again because yeah. it's only the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. Sounds good to me. So we move on to the strata section. Section three, strata. So back to thinking a bit about your history with theme parks. At what moment did you first consider yourself an enthusiast? Probably me and Nicole sitting on the terrace of coasters uh, with a pint each in the rain at Blackpool. I want to say like, May 2021 um we'd been talking throughout lockdown we obviously met through live music realized during lockdown by chance that we were both watching theme park youtube um even though I was quite recently interested in theme parks and decided oh that'd be a great way to like meet up again because we've not seen each other for ages would be to have a day out at Blackpool um, so we both got the train there and we went to the pleasure beach for the day. And I think that's the, the switch from being a sort of just GP to then deciding when we left, we emailed and said, is there any way to upgrade your day tickets with season pass? And they said, yeah. And then roll on going about 10 times that year. And that was just the, the switch. Um, I think it was probably realizing as well, there was someone else like me like the like-mindedness of us both thinking that spending like 10 days a year at the Blackpool Pleasure Beach is a really good idea. Like you couldn't convince many people to go that frequently um, to the Pleasure Beach. We just had this very shared, strong interest. Um, And it was like, it was like we'd stepped into a YouTube video because we'd spent so much of COVID watching theme park YouTube. And then there was even some, I won't name them, but there was some theme park YouTubers on park and we were very excited about it. And that was what started us spiraling into the community. And was it quite quick that you decided you were going to start vlogging yourselves? We joked about it first. So by that autumn, 
I can't remember whose diss track it was though. I think it must have been Nem's diss track first that we came across. And that was how we found out about everyone that he was dissing. So up to then, we only really watched like your standard theme park worldwide, Jack Silkstone was kind of the content we were consuming. I was watching more Orlando vloggers because I was more interested in Disney World. So I was watching like Super Enthused, Page of Mr. Morrow. And then we started... Um, finding all these other accounts through Nem's diss track because obviously everyone he dissed then did a track back and weirdly so many YouTubers the first content I've seen of theirs is a diss track and I couldn't get my head around it I was sat on my sofa being like this is insane what is this about like why are these people making diss tracks and yeah and it just it started something so we started joking to each other we didn't even have Parks and Pints didn't exist and we were like oh it'll be us next year that'll be us next year just as a joke um and then by December we thought oh we might as well like have a joint Instagram and a joint Twitter mostly just to post memes um and I guess to follow all these accounts without like taking over our personal accounts with just nothing but theme parks um yeah and then by March it was like oh wouldn't it be funny if we made a vlog this weekend and now you can't really stop us we really enjoy it (laughs) And that quickly moved into the scare season, I guess, because I think that's the time where you're really smashing out content. Yeah, which is so strange because neither of us were interested in that to begin with. I mean, Nicole's always been into horror and would watch other people's content around that genre and would obviously watch horror films. I've never watched scary films. Um absolutely had no interest in going into anything involving live actors I was too scared to even do the dungeons like it was a big deal when we did the dungeons um and for some reason we had quad vods and decided to try passage which is a really intense maze to do for your very first one but it was because we were on the PBE event at Blackpool Pleasure Beach and it was included in the ticket so it was almost like why not it wasn't going to cost us anything to go through and we'd had a lot of vodka and we had people protecting us like Parks Bill and Dean of the Dead. So we nestled ourselves in the middle and got through it. And I guess the adrenaline of completing our first maze made us feel like maybe we could try some more. Um, didn't expect to enjoy it at all. And now I've obviously started watching scary movies so that I understand some of the IPs and some of the characters. Um, did not see that coming, but I feel like it's so intertwined with the theme park community that the two things do go really well hand in hand. Um, yeah, a, a big change, but yeah, we, we've loved it and it has given us some really fun trips out. And it's really nice to do with friends. Um, definitely is a group activity. Yep, I would agree. Um, going back to the theme parks and saying you were really scared of that first cred that turns out it's really small yeah what was your first big or you were classed as big coaster depending what we're classing as big I went to Disneyland Paris for my 21st and in preparation for that I think we went to Alton Towers as like a practice because I was I had this trip booked and I hated rides and I didn't go on rides um so I am really actually new to this considering like I'd gone on school trips to Pleasure Beach and ridden things like Blue Flyer or I'd been to Alton Towers and ridden Runaway Mine Train but nothing bigger than that um so we went and did like a practice and I did I definitely did I still refused to go near the Smiler in Oblivion but I think I got on Galactica 
and Nemesis when I was about 21. Okay. Um, so they would have been my first big ones in preparation for going over to Disneyland Paris. Where to do much smaller rides. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I got on uh, I got on Hyperspace Mountain. I got on Big Thunder. I still get incredibly nervous every time a cred is new though. Um, so this year I've been bricking it to get on Tarun was literally so sweaty getting on Velocicoaster. I was so nervous. And uh, yeah, I've still not got an Anguazi, but you know, so, one day. So Hyperia is going to be quite a... Oh, I'm terrified. I'm really terrified, especially looking at the layout because obviously with Big One, it twists. As soon as you start going down the drop, you actually twist and it takes out the intensity. Um, so I don't find... I find it scary being at the top of Big One. I still think it's exhilarating, but... I just don't understand how I'm going to cope on Hyperia. I mean, I hated, I didn't hate, but going up the lift hill of Shambhala was so, so, so scary. It's it's just a huge drop. That Hyperia layout was crazy. Yeah, it's going to be strange with those crazy elements. Yeah. I don't think people realize how strange it is, a lot of people. Yeah, it's not just tall and fast. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Um, Yeah, I'm really nervous. So back to the island, we need one more ride. Um, some people call it a ride zero. So what ride means the most to you? I don't want this to be Blackpool the island, but Icon. I think Icon, because before I could get on the big one, even after I'd done things at Alton Towers and I'd done things at um, Blackpool and I'd been to Paris, I still... When I went to that trip, it was when I was with Nicole on that first day we met up, I'd still never done Icon um, and I'd never done Big One. I think I had done the Woodies. I'd done like Big Dipper and Nick Streak and that was kind of my limit and I was really scared. Um, But I I just, I I don't know, she convinced me that I was going to be safe on Icon and I was going to enjoy it and I did. I loved it so much. It's still, I kind of prefer it's my favourite ride on Park. Um, it's just it's so smooth it's it's really it's such a good step up because it does have that top hat but it's not huge but it's enough to give you a nice big pop of airtime and it's only got the one inversion so i feel like it's got so much rewritability because things like the smiler make me feel sick whereas just doing that one inversion is is neat and the second launch and i quite like enzo but i think my ride zero is icon um it just felt like a huge step to have conquered it um because I don't know how they coax me onto Nemesis, but I don't feel like it's that high off the ground. And I don't feel like it's got, but there's something about that icon top hat that really, really, really scared me. And I had the same problem when I was going on Velocicoaster. I was like, that's too high. It's too steep. I'm going to hate it, but I loved it. But yeah, icon still makes me a bit emotional. And we've had some really, really fun rides on it, especially as part of events, like getting to ride it with different people um, and getting to do front row. And we're just dead silly on it. Like we like, to, this is a top tip from Nicole. Just exposing a hair, but we like to hold on to the handlebars and pretend we're driving. I got <laughs> so I just got so many silly, goofy memories of it, and uh, yeah, love it. It's a good, it's a good pick. Um, you're right; it's one of those rides you can do again and again. Um, you're not gonna bang your head. You're not gonna get a sore neck. No, it's just a good experience. Yeah. So. We've got the last chance to pick a card, and I'll warn you, it does get quite deep Ooh. in this section. So if you'd like to pick a card. Okay. Ooh. What is an experience you'd want to relive over again? 
doesn't have to be theme parks. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So an experience I would want to do again and again, if I could, if money was no object, would be um, that Wild Africa trek at Animal Kingdom in Orlando. Or just in general, being at Animal Kingdom in Orlando. It's my favorite place in the world. Um, but on our recent trip, I got to do the trek, which I've been eyeing up for years. Um, it was just like a really nice treat. Um, the sort of one-on-one interactions. Well, it's like a small group. There's 10 of us. But those like interactions you get with the animal keepers, getting to eat on the savannah, just sitting, having this amazing spread of like vegetarian food, they just did a really good lunch and like getting your pog juice, just sitting watching the flamingos. It was just the most serene place to have lunch and the food was delicious and the the team members that run it are so lovely. Um, and then just sitting on the back of the safari truck, getting closer to the animals and just being able to ask questions and just, it was just so wholesome. Um, and going over the rope bridge over the crocodile enclosure, it's like, slightly scary but just so just so fun um just a really really nice experience and I think it's probably like the best day I've ever had especially in Orlando so I think that if I could relive that again that would be amazing hopefully I'll get the chance to yeah I always think for me Animal Kingdom could possibly probably the best theme park in the world um it doesn't have the biggest rides and the most intense coasters but as an overall experience everything fits and everything works. I think yeah. uh, maybe maybe some of Dino Land you can ignore, but the rest of the park, everything. <laughs> but Dinosaur is one of the greatest. It's like my number two. After Thrillomatic, no doubt it's Dinosaur. Best arc ride. Incredible. Probably, technically, it's probably better than Thrillomatic, but Thrillomatic. It's definitely better. <laughs> Thrillomatic's special. It could be, Thrillomatic could be my zero dark ride, and Dinosaur is the best dark ride ever. Um, but. Yeah, it doesn't, the whole park just makes me want to like pinch myself the whole way around. There's so much of that park, like just sitting on the terrace of, um, I think it's Nomad Lounge with a cocktail and just being like, how is this a theme park? How? Like, I literally feel like I've been dropped off in a new world. It's just, it's so, especially the way it's all grown in. I, I don't know if it was the same sort of impact when it was first built like 20 odd years ago, but you just walk around, you're like, how is this a theme park? It's too beautiful. It's too real. Um, like all the trees are real, all the water, all the animals, everything about it. Um, it just works perfectly. I don't think they could have built anything better. It is it's definitely, it is currently my favorite theme park in the world. Obviously, I'd love to get out to Tokyo. Um, but yeah, it's a must do for me on every trip. Like we're trying to think about going to Orlando and not doing Disney to save money because we've got universal passes. But I just, I can't go all that way and not go to Animal Kingdom. You just have to get Disney passes as well. Oh, God. Don't. The expense. The expense. Cool. So we're going to move on to the finale now. The finale. So every island needs a finale. What nighttime show or spectacular would be a perfect end to your day? Nightmare fuel. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely happily ever after. Um, it's just goosebumps. It's made me cry every time I've seen it. I've, I have only actually seen it in person twice. Um, once in 2019, I want to say, 
And then we went back to Orlando last year and it was enchantment, which just didn't hit the same, just did not hit the same. And then this year, thankfully, Happily Ever After was back, got to stand on Main Street, get the prime viewing spot, cried my eyes out. It's absolutely wonderful. And then a few nights later, we were back in Magic Kingdom. We decided to watch it from the treehouse, which I highly recommend. You can't actually see the projections, but you can hear the audio and see the fireworks and you know what's going on. But it's the it's the perfect nighttime show. It's so emotional. And I'm not really that obsessed with fireworks, but the the creativity of the fireworks really blows me away every time. Um, but the soundtrack is lovely. The soundtrack is really lovely. And it was one that having visited in 2019, I watched on the TV so many times during COVID. Like during lockdown, me and my housemate Emily would put that on the telly. At one point, we even had confetti cannons. Like it was getting emotional. There was glow sticks. It was, it was something to do on a Saturday night when we couldn't leave the house. Um, but it's so, yeah, it's such a lovely nighttime show, and I much prefer it to the one in Paris as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually haven't seen Happily Ever After. What? Um, I'm trying to think what the show before that was. Wishes. Wishes I've seen, and then every other time I've been to Magic Kingdom, it's been either like an event night so oh, it's either yeah. the christmas show or the halloween show so i do i need to see it because everyone says how great it is i've seen obviously both the shows in paris i prefer i get them the wrong way around but i think i prefer dreams yeah the old one the old one that's now back back yep um so if it's a better version of dreams i can i can fully understand with we, the thing with disney shows for me is if even if the show wasn't going on and they just played you the soundtrack that's like 90 percent of the way there i think a lot yeah of the time. Uh, they're the songs we knew as kids um so they get it's gonna stick with you um throughout and i guess picking this means you get a castle on your island oh yeah, yeah. so then i can just stay in the cinderella suite finally yeah and you play basketball <laughs> i think there's basketball in there it's probably a, a wrong fact but i'm sure that might be the... That's cool. That might be Anaheim. One of them has a basketball hoop that the Imagineers used to play, if the urban legend is correct. That's crazy. Well, one day I'll find out and I'll let you know. That's like the stuff of bucket list dreams, but... Yeah, I always do the competition to try and yeah. win the Cinderella suite. <laughs> but yeah, never going to happen, I don't think. Yeah, there was some facts, I'm sure... They told us on the Keys to the Kingdom tour that there was an, a time period where Disney were making wishes come true and they used like a random generator to decide who was going to be the winner to get to stay there each night and then they would go out in the park and the generator would just say to them, green t-shirt, red shorts, and they would go out in the park and if they couldn't find anyone matching that description, they ran the generator again. So it didn't actually align to anyone that they knew was there for sure and they could end up doing it over and over again until they found someone but I just want to be that person I wish they would bring that back and I'll just go and spend every day in the Magic Kingdom and wait I think but... it was was it it was like year of a million wishes or yeah it? yeah but I always think what do you are you allowed to leave the room once the park shut probably not you know because you've got like a 24 cool. hour uh, scary but yeah cool. yeah I don't think they do allow you to do that. They just bring you anything you want. I think you can literally ask for any food from Disney property and they'll, they'll source it for you. I just say you can have the bread service from Santa oh, over and over again. Yes. So another excellent thing about Animal Kingdom, just pop yeah. across to the lodge, get, get your bread service. The best bread in the world. I can't explain to people that haven't had this bread that it's so good. It's so much more than bread. I'm a bit obsessed. 
So a little recap of your island. So we have Big Thunder Mountain, Paris edition. Yep. So we get the tunnel. Row 15, yeah. We have Wallace and Gromit yep. from Pleasure Beach. Beautiful. And we have your ride zero. Icon. <laughs> Icon. Sorry, my mind went blank then. Uh, Icon. I think quite a good lineup. Nothing too intense, but that makes sense if you're going to be riding these all day, every day. Yeah. Um, you're going to be listening to Pink and you're going to be watching Mary Poppins. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. It does, doesn't it? So I'd like to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, do you have anything you need to plug or where can people find you online? Thank you for having me. Um, as one half of Parks and Pints. So we are on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, not Facebook. I don't know why I've just said that. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok as Parks and Pints. It's not called Twitter anymore. Oh, X. We're on X as Parks and Pints. Um, yeah, we're, well, we've had a month off. We've had a cheeky entire month off because we burnt ourselves out during spooky season. But there's one more upload to come and I'm going to hold myself accountable to finishing this edit tonight so that Hinchinbrook can go up when this podcast goes out. That's good. I, I can hold off until you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and we can launch together. Yay. Oh. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. That was Desert Island Parks. Thank you for listening and a massive thank you to our guest. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on all social media at The Dip Podcast.